To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. This is the renowned author, C.S. Lewis, author of the Chronicles of Narnia. And this is Thinking Out Loud with Matthew Stewart. Good to see you guys. Um, hope everybody is doing well. So the topic for today, as uh, you know, put in my page for Thinking Out Loud, is forgiveness. And this is a key topic in Christian belief. Um, we believe this um, because it's all throughout the scriptures. It's, um, I will give them to you. Something we need to understand is we are all sinful. We have all been affected by the fall. And therefore, uh, we are invitably going to hurt others by our actions and our words at times and the things that we do. Um, without the common grace of God, without his restraining hand, man is capable of horrible, horrible evil things that we cannot comprehend. And so um, we are told, we are commanded by Jesus, as you will hear, we must forgive others because God has forgiven us. As C.S. Lewis said, he has forgiven the inexcusable in us, our actions that are inexcusable, that we cannot justify, he has forgiven in Christ Jesus. And therefore, we must forgive others. And I will go um, on with this, but I've just got some scriptures for you that I want you to hear and take in. Colossians 3.13, bear with one another and forgive one another. If you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. That's the standard. Another, Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God forgave you. That's Ephesians 4, 32. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive your sins. Notice that if you forgive other people when they sin against you, there is a conditional thing there. God has graciously forgiven us. And we are to forgive others for their actions against us. What that means is, and I should have said this earlier, not to hold their actions over them. It means to let go. It means to, to not hold it over them. It doesn't take away from the harm that they have caused us. But we do not hold judgment over them. We leave that to God. Luke 17, 3 through 4. So watch yourselves. If your brothers or sisters sins against you, rebuke them, correct them. We're called to um, righteous judgment. 
For those who try to say, judge not, lest you be judged, they are speaking out of context of what Jesus said. We are called to righteous judgment. I continue. And if they repent, if they change course, if they change their mind about their actions and acknowledge that they were sinful, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent. If, if they come back to you seven times saying, I acknowledge my wrongs, you must forgive them. Again, that's Luke 17, 3 through 4. So what we see throughout the scriptures is God forgives us for the inexcusable in us. He has forgiven us through his son of our sins and he's shown immense grace and kindness to us in that but that involves that we acknowledge our sins and confess them in order that we would be forgiven and so we are not to hold unforgiveness against anyone we are not to hold that over anyone what they've done to us God has not done that to us, but he has forgiven us when we have acknowledged our sins. Again, this does not mean that when someone hurts you, it doesn't take away what they've done. What it means is you do not carry that weight and you've left that to God in faith, and that's what we are to do. Uh, I wanted to share some experiences of my own. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name ministries, but... Especially in the last couple of weeks, um, God's dealt with me, with my own heart, about my unforgiveness in the past and the necessity to let go of that weight. I've dealt with it with my extended family. I've dealt with it with my immediate family concerning things in the past. I finally let that go after years of hanging on to it. Again, you only hurt yourself when you hang on to unforgiveness and I did for a long time uh, with different ministries I, I held on to unforgiveness um, you guys know uh, the story about uh, my relationship with my stepdad and how that was it was rocky um, there was verbal abuse there were times when I was called good for nothing and worthless. And those were hard things to get over. And I realized over time, especially when my mom had told me on some occasion, I was holding that over him. I truly hadn't forgiven him. And that, that hit a nerve with me. And I didn't. I didn't forgive him. And so God had dealt with my heart about that. And we have a better relationship now, me and my stepdad do. Um, there's another story, though. There's a couple about churches that I've been to because I've been burned like a lot of people have. I'm not going to go into all of it, but with um, with one, um, I was kept there, um, really guilted into staying because uh, by one person in particular. Again, I'm not going to name names. Um in 2014, 
uh, I served that year in Peru at a Christian school there, taught English for second and third graders and worked with that ministry. And so when I got back home, there would be times where I would try to lead the church or ministry that I was involved in. And this one person seemed to always come back to, well, remember, this is where your membership is. And look at what we did for you. And that led to kind of a Stockholm Syndrome for me in a way. It, it was hard to break away from that ministry and that church. I love the people there. I still do. But it was wrong. And looking back, it was manipulation. And that's just one part of what I went through there. Um, and then with the next church that I was at, it's where I met my wife. And um, they, her and her family were involved there uh, long before I was. But so they started going um, a more charismatic, more um, extreme manifestations um, way the church did than I or she was comfortable with. And so at the time, a pastor there at our church was, an associate pastor was a friend of mine. I felt a strong kin to him. We got along great. Um, he gave me opportunities to lead. Some of them worked out, some of them didn't. But I was always very appreciative of that and appreciative for our relationship. But it ended up being like a cultish um, environment eventually. I was seeing things that I was concerned with, me and my family were, and I would raise questions biblically to this pastor. And uh, it ended up our relationship changed over time, what I noticed after I started raising questions biblically. I'm not saying I was right on everything. I'm just observing, uh, saying what I observed. All of a sudden, he distanced himself from me. My wife was made fun of because of questions and that she had brought up or that she didn't react in the way that they expected her to at what they called a quote unquote sign. Um, and so we left there right after we got married. We did not go back. Um, and I pray for that ministry and for those people. I do. Um, I, I don't want any bad for them. I, I pray that they will go to churches that teach the word correctly or that they do so now their leaders do now I pray that their um, leaders would repent of some things again I'm not going to go into specifics I'm not going to go into that but it led to a lot of people getting hurt a lot of people leaving um, and in my own opinion a lot of people were manipulated and robbed um, while they were there but again, this is my opinion on the subject. Those who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. I won't go any further into that. But I was just thinking about this all yesterday. About how important it is that we do not hold judgment over those who have harmed us. Either intentionally or unintentionally. But we give that to God and put that in, in his hands to judge because he is the judge um, and he will set all things right and he will bring those into account that are guilty we have to believe that um, 
So judgment is his, not ours. Again, this is not just by what people do to hurt us, but it lets go of that poison of unforgiveness because that's what it is that we hold on to. So, anyway, it's, it, it is it's important that we do not um, hang on to unforgiveness or bitterness because eventually that will permeate us and it could lead us into hurting relationships in the future that we have. Again, unforgiveness only hurts us. It only hurts us. And another thing is sometimes people will seem to have no conviction over their sins or over how they've harmed us. They won't acknowledge it. They might not even know. And there's no loophole to not forgive based on that. If they show no conviction for hurting you, if you bring that up to them and they are unmoved, that is on them. You forget them. You let go of that weight. You let go of that baggage. No matter how long it takes, how long you have to pray about it, and leave that to God. He is the judge. He and he will judge righteously. We are not to hang on to unforgiveness if they do not acknowledge their wrongs, if they do not apologize, or if they feel if they don't feel any conviction over it. That is not on us. That is on them. Our part is to forgive because God has forgiven us. That's what it comes down to. Anyway, this has been Thinking Out Loud. I thank you so much for tuning in today. Y'all have a great one. And let just the word of God, and I pray this would, you know, permeate and y'all think on this and forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in us. Amen.